Many parents have questions and are concerned with the growing trend of vaping. So we talk with Dr. Michelle Bowden, a pediatrician specializing in adolescent medicine, to get her thoughts and to see if she's noticed a rise in teen vaping. Yeah, we're seeing it more and more. I think as um, the media has brought light to this, um, we're starting to see parents especially who come in and have found um, vaping devices. Um, and luckily, I think we're actually, parents are recognizing them more um, to the, you know, to the credit, I suppose, of um, some of these corporations, these devices have really become very incognito. Um, they look like USB drives, and they're easy to conceal in pockets and in backpacks. And so um, teenagers are really, they're, they're, they think that they can't be um, discovered when they're using them because they look so much like other devices that we're using in our regular everyday lives when really these are very dangerous devices that, um, that, that a lot of adolescents have easy access to. And I would imagine you don't smell like smoke when you come home, so it's harder for your parents to discover. Exactly. It's, um, you know, and, and even our, we have teachers that are coming in and saying they're finding these devices, kids are using these devices even in the back of classrooms because they've been engineered to produce so little byproduct that, that smell different. They smell, you know, like the flavors they're consuming, um, which at this point is over 8,000 flavors, including things like mango and fruit punch and cinnamon roll. Um, and so these, even the children may not know the dangers of them because of the flavors that, um, that they buy them in. And then you see them using them um, in their bedrooms and in their bathrooms and at school because they're just so easily accessible and produce so little byproduct. With all of these 800 flavors to vape, do we know what the health risks are of inhaling those heated vaporized flavors? Yeah, so um, the the health risk, even of just the flavors, and, and I think this is a good point to, to bring this up, is that a lot of our kids actually think they're just smoking a flavor. Um, they've been marketed that way and they're sold that way, when in actuality, um, within most of these products, they still contain uh, nicotine, even if they're marketed primarily for their flavor. Uh, there's a study from 2016 that, that shows that about 60% of adolescents didn't know that they what they were smoking contained nicotine in it. Um, and so that uh, the the products themselves are are dangerous, certainly when they contain nicotine. The problem is that our our kids don't know that they're containing nicotine, and even when they don't contain nicotine, the products uh, the flavors themselves are made out of you know things things like um, the products that we make antifreeze out of that are being inhaled by our our students and our adolescents. Um, we've seen even in short term smoking studies of these vaping products that. Uh, there are increased cases, reported cases of shortness of breath and cough and fevers, um, and there have even been some increased cases of um, uh, of a specific type of pneumonia that's related specifically to the byproducts that are related to these flavors. Um, so certainly, even if there weren't nicotine, which most of them do have nicotine in them, uh, just the flavors themselves are, are products that aren't aren't going to have any health benefit to to our students. You just mentioned shortness of breath cough, fever. So what are the real health risks associated with yeah. vaping? Yeah. Well, you know, as I, as I kind of alluded to, the, the primary health risk that, that we're all concerned about is the, the risk of addiction to nicotine. Um, the Some of the products on the market right now, like I said, they, they don't advertise that they contain a lot of nicotine um, very often, especially when they're marketing towards a younger audience. 
Um, but they do, in reality, contain significant amounts of nicotine. One particular product uh, contains as much nicotine as an entire pack of cigarettes in one vaping pod. Um, so just with con the consumption of, of one pot pod that a, an adolescent would purchase, they would get over 200 puffs worth of nicotine. Um, and then in the adolescent brain, what we know is that our brains aren't fully developed um, into an adult uh, capabilities until we're in our mid-20s, probably 25 or 26. And when you add an addictive substance like nicotine into a developing brain, um, you have uh, even more profound effects than you would see in an adult brain. So if we take uh, some some scientific uh, type approaches to studying nicotine addiction in adolescence is what we know is that the those higher levels of nicotine are more likely to produce addiction in adolescence and potentially could even lead to permanent brain alterations um, in, in the chemistry and in the structure of the way that that brain will potentially develop over time when they do have a fully functional um, adult um, capability type brain. Um, and so the the risk of addiction are very real and more pronounced than in older people. Um, the risk of uh, those brain chemistry alterations is very real in these um, in adolescents who are using vaping products. Um, and, and ultimately, what we don't know yet is perhaps even scarier is that because these products have been so um, on the market such a short time is that we think there are probably other risks, um, like does this pre predispose uh, adolescents to other types of addiction? And those are, those are things that we're still studying and still trying to um, find good answers to. Dr. Bowden, you mentioned 60% of the kids using these vaping devices didn't realize the nicotine content within. Has this become so popular because kids don't realize the dangers of vaping? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, we we as as adults who are responsible for kind of educating and caring for these kids, I think have have not done a great job at keeping up with the honestly some of the advertising and just the growth that we've seen uh, specifically in e-cigarette use over the last few years. Um, and I think pro a lot of that does have to do with education that our, our adolescents don't realize. Um, that they're that they're smoking a nicotine containing product and certainly don't realize the amount of nicotine that's available in some of these products. Um, I don't think they realize that that flavors um, are made from uh, potentially very harmful products um, that could cause you know damage to their lungs and cause symptoms um, later as they use them um, more and over time. Uh, and and ultimately, you know, we've even seen things like these cigarettes, e-cigarettes have exploded in pockets and in people's faces and cause those kind of damage that, you know, potentially um, uh, long-term damage based on those burns that, that they could cause if that were to happen to one of our adolescents. Um, so overall, it, it, pretty much any way we break this down, e-cigarettes are dangerous for adolescents and, and really should never be used. So Dr. Bowden, the AAP recently released a policy paper calling for a ban on sales of e-cigarettes to people under the age of 21. What do you think about that? Is that a good idea? Yeah, I think I think that's an excellent idea. Uh, we what we know is that adolescent brains continue to develop well into their 20s, and the the amount of nicotine content that we're seeing in these products certainly uh, the the nicotine effect is going to have long lasting effects. Um, the earlier that the adolescents are able to start 
start smoking and using these products. And so I think really allowing um, adolescents to have make more informed decisions as they grow and their brains continue to develop, I think is an excellent idea. And really, um, there's just lots of regulatory issues that, that are um, involved in, in these products, uh, including the the types of flavors that are being sold and really who that market is um, is geared towards. So so I absolutely support the AAP policy, um, and I'm hopeful that that we'll see more movement in terms of policy towards uh, regulating and restricting these types of devices in the future. Last question, Dr. Bowden: What advice do you have for parents worried about their children and the temptation of vaping? Man, that's a that's a great question and a question that uh, I'm always pleasantly um, surprised to hear from my parents when they're um, kind of ahead of the game by asking that question and really want to get out um, in front of, of what their kids are learning from their peers or learning from um, commercials or other advertisements about vaping is really um, parents talking to their kids is the best. Um, preventive measure that we have um, as pediatricians and as activists who really want to see our adolescents have such bright, healthy futures. Um, and so my advice would really be to, to bring up the conversation. And I think um, that feels scary for a lot of pa- parents to, to bring up a conversation about something that maybe they don't know very much about or that, um, you know, we didn't grow up having to, to learn about or deal with even as many of us didn't even um, have the option of cigarettes um, in our adolescence. Um, but really, there's some great information out there. The American Academy of Pediatrics publishes some um, some great information about e-cigarettes. The Center for Disease Control actually has a talking to your child um, toolkit that you can use that, that has some great advice about when and how to bring up that conversation with teens. And that doesn't have to be an awkward, let's have a, a very um, serious conversation about this where you, you know, say at, at 4.30 on Tuesday, we're going to sit down and talk about e-cigarettes. Um, but just, you know, when you're um, going to a basketball game or riding down the street and you see somebody using an e-cigarette, it just as simply as tell me what you think about e-cigarettes is a great conversation starter. Um, especially, I, I would encourage parents to start that conversation younger. Um, that what we know is is that middle schoolers are being exposed to this. That five percent of middle schoolers say that they've used e-cigarettes in the past. So I think parents really getting a hold of that conversation. Um, uh, before an adolescent has to make that choice of whether or not they're going to use, I think is a really great um, opportunity for them to provide some education for their uh, for their child. And um, and then if they need backup or they want to um, continue the conversation, to reach out to their pediatrician um, to continue continue those conversations and to really make sure that our um, our adolescents are fully equipped to to make um, the best decisions that they can, and that they know that they can talk to their parents and their pediatricians when they're faced with those kind of decisions. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great advice. Look for those opportunities for discussion and conversation about e-cigarettes when your children, when they occur. Well, Dr. Bowden, thank you so much today in talking with us about the dangers of vaping. This is the Peds Pod by LaBonner Children's Hospital. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Peds Pod by LaBonner Children's Hospital. To learn more about LaBonner, visit LaBonner.org. Ready to hear more? Be sure to subscribe to the Peds Pod in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also check out LaBonner.org slash podcasts to view our full podcast library.